0: Multi-hyphenate is a term we hear a lot nowadays, but imagine juggling the heavy demands of being a national athlete with show business and even a stab at a political career. Mikey Kowanko-Jaworski is a household name, and for good reason. The Asian Games gold medalist and now International Olympic Committee board member reflects on competition and collaboration, privilege and power, and her life and lessons. My name is Leah Cruz. On this episode of Wet Glass Ceiling, we talk to Mikey Kowanko-Jaworski. Hi, Mikey. Welcome to What Class Ceiling. Hey, Leah. Thanks. I'm so happy to be here. Oh, we're very happy to have you on. <laughs> and I have to say that you ha- you actually had big news last year. In the middle of the pandemic, you were actually elected to the International Olympic Committee Executive Board. And that yes. made you the first Filipino, the first Asian, and only the fifth female. So I guess congratulations
1: are in order. Well, first Asian woman, not the first okay. Asian. First Asian woman. yeah. yeah. Yes. Congratulations. Yes, so it's a pretty cool, paren. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Definitely. Yeah. Well, I had decided to run before, before the pandemic. So we were not expecting that it would be like an online session. But yeah, you know, God has his ways. I guess it was meant to be. I threw myself in there. I had no idea. I had no idea what the results could be. So here we are. What's it
0: like working at such a high stakes level, at international level? Can you describe that a little to us? Because not everyone gets to reach that level in their work. I
1: think, that the IOC being such a professional and efficient organization, it takes a lot of the pressure off. It's very different from sa nakasanayan natin dito, like let's say as a president of a national federation, you have to be super hands-on and get everybody to contribute and you need your your allies to be, you know, it it needs to be really um, something that you immerse yourself in and dive deep into. In the IOC, it's the same amount of commitment. It's the same amount of um, contributions, like the effort to contribute, but there's such a strong organization as far as the administration is concerned. So, you're really able to um say focus on your strengths it's such a diverse organization and it's one that appreciates you know it's 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 one that practices what it preaches and in that sense everybody is able to put their part in whatever your strength is you contribute that and it's very welcome and accepted
0: how did you land the the job how did you get to that point
1: when you decided to run? Well, the elections were coming up because every session you would normally have an election, whether new members are coming in or for some of the commissions that have elected members like ethics, you know, the the more sensitive ones. And there was going to be quite a number of vacancies on the executive board. So a lot of people were already um, encouraging me a lot of, you know, people had spoken to me and said, you know, we think that you should throw your hat in there. We think that you would be a good member of the executive board. So, you know, when I became an IOC member, I had never even aspired to be an IOC member, much less a member of the executive board. But, you know, for me, it's just like I put my head down, I work, I I made sure that that I fulfilled my responsibilities and maybe, you know, put a bit more effort as a member of the IOC and the different commissions. And when you're an athlete, you're also used to losing more than you are winning. So I felt like, you know what, Uh, I've seen a lot of elections for executive board. People win, people lose. It's finished. Everyone's a sportsman, you know, so and then everyone carries on. Do your job. So for me, it was like, okay, you know what? Um, a lot of people were saying the first time you run, normally you won't win. So I oh, lahat kami mga 1st halos. So everyone was just, I, I just took on the same attitude. Focus and see what happens. Surrendered it to God and I guess it's meant to be.
0: When you think about it, since you already mentioned your your time as an athlete, which was really a very... Storied career—it's really <laughs> sort of a continuation of your career as an athlete. So let's revisit yeah. that. We know okay. that you've been a gold medalist for the country, a national athlete. Most people see the glory and the medals that you win if you're lucky afterwards, but yeah. seldom do yeah. most people see the blood, sweat, and tears that yes. that it that it took to get to that spot. So can you yeah. tell us what it's like, really, being an athlete and a national athlete as
1: well? I think, especially for equestrian. People only see you wearing your, you know, looking formal, clean. They don't know that just five minutes before you're wearing... You're wearing jogging pants over the, the, those breeches and cleaning the horses' tables. At the very least, that's the most basic thing that that we do, to even to teach younger athletes the value of what happens behind the scenes. And it's not even, Leah, just that if you don't have a medal uh, or the glory of it, it's so demanding because in many ways, people only appreciate it when it's gold. And that's that's painful for an athlete, but... At a certain point in my in my athletic career, which was actually right before Boots and Asian Games, I had realized that all the blood, sweat, and tears, that's for me. That's for my growth. That's for me to, to be the best person that I can be. And if nobody sees the glory in that, then it's not my loss anymore. But it's difficult to come to terms with that because, um, you know, Especially now, sports has become entertainment. We try to push it to be something that's um, nation building, um, something that will that will improve our our patriotism. You know, when we're proud of our countrymen, when we say we're proud to be Filipinos, I love my country, and a lot of athletes. That's what that's what drives us. We love our country. We want to contribute to our country. We want we want the world outside to see us as athletes and say, "Oy, magaling sila. There must be something good in their country." And that's our part of it. So, you know, it's difficult when people don't appreciate it, when you don't feel it. But you have to come to terms that at the end of the day, it's for you. It's for what you will be able to to share after after your maybe a uh, chance to give glory to your country. Um, maybe I'm like this because I've gone through it already. But for athletes that are in the thick of it, it's it's frustrating. But we have to overcome it. We have to overcome it. And in me saying this, I hope that there would be an appreciation for athletes that hindi ka naman don't if walang blood, sweat, and tears.
0: It was very nice that, that you mentioned that you got to that realization that okay, this is for my own personal growth as mm-hmm. as opposed to yeah. getting recognition from, from others. Yeah.
1: yeah, I mean, you know what? Um, I don't want to be a hypocrite and say it's not important for an athlete not to have a medal. I think that Asian Games Gold Medal took my life onto a path that it would not be on without a gold medal. And one of the things that my coach said to me was, I know that you had realized that you don't need a gold medal to be the person you can be, but this is something that nobody can take away from you. And hopefully, this is something that will open opportunities for you. And it did. It did. But I think we have to be, um, I don't know, I, I think you always have to have an attitude of gratitude and at the same time, humility, because hindi ka maging mayabang just because you have a medal. You know, it's, it's, um, it's a responsibility. It becomes a bigger responsibility. What are you going to do with it? What are you going to try to give back? So, so in that sense, it's, it, it's I don't know, even know how to describe it. It's such a blessing. It's such a blessing because finally your efforts were recognized. And then it, it I, I don't think I would be an IOC member if I, if I didn't win in Busan. I became a national athlete at the age of 16. I ended up having to take an extra semester in college because over katako because I was going to the Asian Games. So, you know, life for for athletes are it's so different now than than it was 25 26 years ago. Um, gosh, I tried to qualify for Sydney Olympics and I got at the time, it was called Certificate of Capability. You needed to, and I already was able to get one. But then, um, yeah, my path changed and ended up getting married and having kids, and then going to the Asian Games instead. And do you
0: think that it's harder because you're a woman? There are certain there are certain things that are not as available to you or that are more difficult. And you did mention that you were preparing for the Sydney Olympics, and your path and your path changed. I mean, yeah. There are certain experiences that women have that men don't have. And yes. how has that affected yeah. your life as an athlete?
1: Well, for sure, with for one thing, just plain and simple physical strength. Because obviously men are stronger and in equestrian sport, men and women compete equally against each other. There's no distinction at all whatsoever. And I have a, I had a horse that was a very very difficult horse for me but at a certain point when i was when i was able to get um to lease the the horse of my coach we she and i decided you know i i think that we don't need to be spending our energy on this horse anymore because it was starting to get so difficult and and dangerous and we passed the horse on to a friend a man and for him it was like so easy so easy, like obviously, obviously easy. So you know, um, naman talaga with equestrian sport, babagayan maden yung kabayamo if you get along, your personalities and and all of that. That's all part of it. It's like finding a boyfriend <laughs> or a husband. <laughs> it's the same thing with equestrian sport. You you, not every horse is the same. Every horse is an athlete with its own personality, also. And aside from that, and I see it, I see it even in the IOC. Or, or in any sport, the women, they want to have families and sometimes they have to take a pause. You have to pause because, you know, you spend more time with your child, your, your infant child, your children. But you know what? That's that's the way of, of the world. That's the way it is. And it's um, it's a beautiful thing that women are able to do these things that men are not able to do. And that's why I'm also so proud to be part of an organization like the IOC that embraces it, that supports it. Um, and, and we see it. We see it in a lot of, of places. When you're pregnant, when you have a child, there is a bit of um, support also that's given to you. And it's becoming more and more accepted that you would work because, because, you know. But for an active athlete, it's not as easy. Although I think you'll be surprised how many Olympians are are mothers of very young children. And that's just the way it is.
0: <laughs> Do you think that the conversation is becoming more and more open when we talk about women athletes and, and being pregnant and giving birth? Because it, it, it seems that people are embracing it more
1: nowadays than they used mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, for sure. And I think the the in many ways, we just didn't realize that the conversation was going on and that all this was was already happening because we don't see it. It's not really, it's not really talked about. And it's it, that in itself is has its own pros and cons, I think. So, so yeah, you know, um, um, obviously for a woman, we make our choices about if we want a family, if we want children, when to have children and how it changes our lives. But, um, you know, that's just how it is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. How about the concept of competition? because obviously, as an athlete, you deal with this day in and day out. that's what you that's what you train for for a competition. that's really what what fuels you, but there's also a dark side of the concept of competition, and yeah, how have you yeah. learned
1: to to balance that within you? Ah, uh, I think. Yeah, you're so right because sometimes there are people that can be competitive that it's already dark like in a dark way it's not anymore like sporting values or yeah. or you know friendly competition um i think it's 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 remembering why you do it remembering what you're doing it for and also you know um for me it's the effort to put god at the center of my life and understanding that that we are all on this earth put on this earth to do good to be good to to be good to each other also the competition is is great because it's fun because it's you know but when you start to do things already that even let's say competition manipulation doping in sports and all of that that's all that's all towards that and that's cheating it's not anymore competition. It's not anymore what the design of it is supposed to be, and I think you know we have to look into ourselves because if we want to be good people, then, then we are not going to let that dark side of being competitive. Na na siyung iiral sa And honestly, I I believe that if you step on anyone on your way up, the way down becomes much quicker, much steeper, and much more painful.
0: Also there, there's a flip side I mean to women who are competitive because sometimes it's used against it's used against these women it's used against mm-hmm. you it's used against them that that I mean God forbid that the woman is as competitive or as ambitious as a man sometimes yeah, yeah, yeah. is that is that something you felt as an athlete too considering that you know competition is basically what you work towards?
1: Not in my sport. Not okay. in my sport and, and you know, with the other sports, okay, based on science, that's why there's a division for men, there's, you know, and, and women. So it's more of in life outside of sport that you feel that you feel that there's some kind of competition. I think it's, um it definitely exists. And I think though that as women and um, as creative women, that there's a way for us not to, allow that to be the, f- the focus of, of our the way we think and the way we do things. I think there's a, there's a way for us that, that we can just focus on our strengths, not compete. Not compete. For me, if someone wants to compete with me, I'm not going to compete with you, but I'm going to be the best that I can be. Not because of you, but just because I can and and i think if if it's a matter of mindset also because it clouds a lot of things it clouds how how we deal with people how we act how we conduct ourselves and and the energy the energy that we exude that one that you know that's quite intimidating and i think women are already intimidating to begin with so the more that we conduct ourselves that way the more that we have that energy now well i'm better than you i think it's uh, <laughs> i think it matters and i think that we would be selling ourselves short if we if we did that rather than just focus on our on our own Thing. And it's interesting also because all
0: of what you're saying is not only applicable to your time as an athlete, but also now, yes. your career in the IOC. Because that, Yeah, yeah I, yeah. I was just going to say, you go from a position as an athlete that clearly celebrates physical prowess to another position that's, that's also very powerful and you have to deal with all of these dynamics and all of these nuances. And we're not even touching yet on the artista part of your life because that's a whole <laughs> different set of dynamics, yeah, I'm yeah. sure. But do you find yourself approaching these different roles in different ways or you no, ha- do no, you have no, some overarching philosophy?
1: I, yes, it's I am me. And I'm just going to be me, but I'm always going to try to be better, to be a better person, to be a better wife, mother, daughter, sister, um, worker, everything. You know, it's just that even as athletes, right, we're always thinking, how can we be better? How can we we be better so we can win? But even when you get out of that, and I think that's one of the most amazing things about growing up as an athlete is that you're always expecting the best of yourself or from yourself but you're always doing it in a respectful way because in sports we're taught how to follow rules be play fair so so in every aspect of my life I I don't think I'm capable of saying this is how I'm gonna be as an IOC member this is how I'm gonna be in this aspect of my life and so on it's too hard
0: (laughs) what traits do you find because you mentioned that you're always yourself. What traits do you find that you have, have served you the
1: best throughout your career as an athlete, throughout your time at the IOC? Segura having that mentality of do unto others what you want them to do unto you. I want to be treated with respect. I want to be given a chance. Um, I don't want to be judged with a first impression. And I want the efforts I make to be appreciated. So I... I so I just try also to be to be like that and and honestly, um, I think as human beings we all have defenses uh, and and for example for for women it's like we see men as competitors uh, but we can't be competing all the time that's too tiring that's too it's it's exhausting and honestly Leah, I grew up in a family we were i have four sisters and a very a mother with such a strong personality and i don't know if my dad just didn't have a choice (laughs) but you know it was he was very empowering towards us it was like you can do you can do anything you want but you have to work he was not a spoiler in fact he was like he would really push us and really challenge us, and even create situations to make things more difficult for us, especially me, because he would give me his crazy horses. He would, you know, withhold certain things from me um, to to test my commitment towards my sport, and then you know, and then and but emotionally, it was. 100% support naman so i don't know you know there was also there is also a balance in in parenting and being like a coach and then of course it was balanced by by my mom who was always my biggest fan Yung ganon, no so so i guess i grew up especially being in my sport looking at the world like um whether i'm right or wrong because i i didn't have that experience looking at the world like you can be equal you can be equal but you also have to treat like do unto others I can't say give me this but I won't treat you that way also you know so I think that comes into play it's actually very interesting that you
0: brought that up because uh, I know that there have there have got to be some people at one point in your career who have said that that you've only reached certain points because of your last name or because of Mm -hmm. your family background or your dad. How do you respond to that internally and externally? How does it make you feel?
1: (laughs) Uh, Well, you know, when I was eight years old, my dad sat me down and said to me, who do you think you are? And I was like, huh? (laughs) He said, who do you think you are? He said, Kasi, alam mo, pinanganak ka na wala kang kailangan isipin sa mundo. He said, you there's a possibility that you won't even have to work to, to, to the end of your life. But, alam mo, none of that was achieved by you. So, wala kang karapatan magyabang. Wala kang karapatan na, na maging masamang tao. He said, in fact, it's your duty because you're so blessed to find a way to be a blessing to others. And I was eight. And I was like, "What? How do I answer that? Who do you think you are?" I'm like, "Mikey," (laughs) you know. So, so that stuck with me because he never stopped saying exactly the same words to me. Especially when I was starting a a career in politics, which was short lived because it was much more fun to be an actress. (laughs) And you know, with a with a a career like that, that was. I mean, I had a good career. It was short, but it was great. And he always reminded me of that up to a few years ago. He, as an IOC member, well, Who do you think you are? And he always would remind me, ka naman just because of yourself. You got there because of a village. So you know, it was it's something that that he would constantly remind me of. So it's something that that I could never I could never forget. And and then it became immaterial that I'm kohuanko and even that I'm Jaworski because because you, you just, you know, you're brought down to earth like that by someone that you love and respect so much and it sticks. And I'm really grateful. I'm really grateful for that. But, you know, being a kohuanko also exposed me to politics. And being exposed to politics doesn't mean that you're exposed to authority or wang-wang. It means that, that, that you are forced because I was so young <laughs> when I started and I was going house to house to campaign to ask for votes for my parents, for Antikori, for Kuyanoi, and then later on for my husband, for Dodot. And he was quite amazed at how, you know, I was just flowing through it because, you know, that's why I give that example, house-to-house house campaign. You knock on a door and you don't know if you're gonna be welcome or not. And then you see you see lives the real life at home, in their homes. Maybe it's maybe it's it's a, a comfortable life amidst simplicity, put it that way. Or maybe it's suffering because they have a terminal illness and they don't even have the money to be in a hospital to seek treatment. So that they've decided that their sala, if they even have floor in their sala will be their hospital room and they'll wait to die that's the impact that that has it doesn't matter what the hell your family need is that's life yeah and i can actually i mean with you
0: describing that it's like you're bridging so many worlds you have your your life as an athlete life as an IOC member you have the time you spent as a politician and of course the background that that still i'm sure and, and surrounds you to this day and and you have you have your time as an actress and of course you have your your personal life but how do you how do you bridge all these together how do you piece them all together and and you know make it one tapestry of your life because they're they're Their world's at different ends of the spectrum
1: also. Well, it's not all happening at the same time now anymore. When I got married, I gave up my showbiz career because, you know, realistically, there's just not, enough time for me to be a hands-on family woman and then have that career and show this and I'm so blessed that I had that option because a lot of my friends they they didn't have that choice they had to still sit in taping and wait for for their turn or you know work seven days a week and I'm so blessed because because my husband said no I, I mean he said Please, you know, please be there for our children and for me. So I changed that. It didn't all happen at the same time. But my experiences, my relationships that happened during that time of my life are still strong. The lessons that I learned, the appreciation for another part of, of this world is still strong. So I think it's, it's also being able to bring those things with you and make it a part of, of the person that you are. That makes you that that makes you grow. and um, I, the politics, you know, we also took a step back from that in a way at least ourselves um, and then and 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 our kids are growing up, our kids are growing up becoming also more independent, being less um. I think, I think children will always need their parents at the same amount, just in different ways. So now that our kids are growing up, you know, it's also changing. And I think that at some point that we would have, again, um, time for our, like Dodot and, and myself, time for our ambitions again, time for our own dreams again, as we just, like, monitor our kids, supervise a little bit, not like before now. That that ah my program, my parent teacher <laughs> conference and so on. So it's it's seasons, it's seasons of life. Like I stopped writing for a few years. Now I'm writing again. And it's it's different now. I'm not I, I as much as it's always a dream for myself to be an Olympian, I mean it's a very difficult thing to achieve. So you learn to to also adapt and say, I love my sport outside of the possibility of being a successful competitor, and in each day I will find joy doing it as long as I'm applying myself. When you talk about a tapestry, um, the way that it was all able to fit in together was because, well, for one. At, at the height of of all those activities of mine, I was not in any relationship. i I didn't have really responsibilities, you know, real responsibilities towards anyone but myself, my commitments, my contracts, my 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 family. I was not allowed to work on Sundays and probably you know if i was not a kohoankov probably um i would be forced to so that's that's i think one advantage to that <laughs> so i had sundays off my my parents insisted sunday is for family with family the ones that will always look at you the same um, and still accept you for it and then it was a day for me to breathe because i was working what 18 hour days shooting and then training still every day for what, maybe two, three hours trying to balance that. So, you know, there are other people in showbiz that were saying, na, ah, alam mo tamad yan, hindi yan call time ng before 9 a.m. Pero hindi naman nila alam that when I pack up at 2 a.m., I go home to shower, take off my makeup, and go straight to ride my horses and train. And people didn't, you know, a lot of people saw me as one thing. So if I'm only riding my horses from let's say 4:30 to 7:30, 5 o'clock to 7:30, because I'm, 4 4:30, madelim pa. Mm-mm. But I can't go home and change and take off my makeup. Maliligo ako tas what? Matutulog ako for what ten minutes? So I sleep in the car, and that's why I say you know whatever it is that I reached was it it was a team, it was a village because I still had my driver who would sleep at odd hours so that he could drive for me while I slept in the car. When I was a board member of TARLAP, I was living there and studying in Ateneo. So, so it didn't so much for me. Huh? It didn't take away from each other because I was equally committed to each physically, emotionally, psychologically. And the way I saw it was when one thing is not going so great, chances are something else is. I, I saw it as a way to balance myself that that showbiz and and my image or my popularity was not or ever was my end all or be all it was more of it was more of well you know what maybe maybe that's not going so great but you know what hey i'm a national athlete how do you feel now when you get back on a horse oh it's an overflow of emotions and memories and lessons and um things to be thankful for Including that I can still ride the horse, you know. So, so it's become whereas before, yun yung parang trabaho ko in a way, you know, because I had given myself that responsibility. Now it's something that I run away to like that, no? Um, something that makes me feel like I challenge myself and say, "Kaya ko pa ba yung ganito, yung ganyan?" So, sure, every day that that there's something that you can say, "Oh, yes. <laughs> it's it's a personal achievement and then and then I think it sets the tone for for the rest of my day, the rest of the things, the re- the work." You know, I think everyone has that and for me it's horses. <laughs> you know like that. So so that's 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 more how my mentality was about it.
0: Do you find it more difficult to deal with people in an international setting. I mean, do you have to adjust the way that you that you approach certain issues especially in a in a climate like the IOC where there are all these different cultural backgrounds yeah, yeah. and and all of these and I'm sure it, it can get pretty political, I'm sure at times, but do you find it's more difficult to to maneuver that?
1: I suppose it is. On the onset, that's what you would think, but I think it's just the nature of the organization because in many ways, um, what is a strength, like for a person sometimes, what is a strength is also weakness. If you're a loyal person, sometimes you're loyal to a fault if you're, you know, so it's just a matter of, of being aware of it. And um, actually um, the diversity is one of the things that the IOC really tries to achieve. Because then everybody is, is represented and everybody is given, you know, a a, a seat at the decision making table. So yes, the cultures are different and um, some 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 people are more make more effort to understand and not it's not adjusting, eh? It's finding a way to be able to communicate to each other what your thoughts are, what your intentions are, and then doing the same and then the other person doing the same. Because many times we're saying the same things just in different words. So it's a matter of having that kind of understanding that in the beginning, pa lang, you're not insisting on your own way, on your own thing and trying to understand where the other one is coming from. Tapos Most of the time you realize, it's also pala
0: athletes are celebrated for their physical strength but we've actually been talking about a di- different kinds of strength like uh, strengths that 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 you don't really associate in a conversation with with an with an athlete or with with a person who comes from a position of power the way that we define it usually is there's a physical brashness but then there's mental strength and there's emotional strength and mm-hmm. we've sort of touched on all of that throughout our conversation. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, all what have I you know. learned? <laughs> yeah, what have you learned throughout, throughout your careers and throughout your, your life? I mean, coming from the background of an athlete which celebrates physical strength, I mean, what have you learned about all these different kinds of strength?
1: That there has to be a balance. I don't know any athlete that has been successful based solely on physical strength. None. I guarantee. I guarantee zero. There's no athlete that's only, that's been successful based only on physical strength. Because once you're out there, if you don't have the other aspects, there's no way that you can, you have to be well-balanced. What is that term again? Basta yung lahat, lahat, lahat ng elements, it all, it all contributes. So like you have to be a whole human being regardless of, of what field you're in. It's just that sports has a very, well, in in some ways, of course, it's not perfect, a very clear way of defining success, fastest, highest, strongest. There's a way that it's been defined. So you can say, oh, best ka, number one ka, number two ka, number three ka. Which is not possible to do, let's say, in the corporate world and politics, you know, it, it's it's different. So I think sports allows us to do that. But the traits, the characteristics that someone needs to have to be a winner in sports is the same as to be like a winner in life.
0: What should we be teaching then, not just young girls, but young boys as well, about strength, whether or not they're athletes or you know involved in any sort of physical activity what are the things that maybe we don't teach
1: them that we should that everyone has their strengths and weaknesses and weaknesses not just strengths because especially when we're talking about um when we're talking about men women boys and girls we are made a certain way we are designed a certain way Uh, Physically, the male sex is is physically stronger. Um, That's fine. That's okay. Because we are all in this world as pieces of a puzzle. There are things that they can do that we cannot do. But there are also many, many, many things that we can do that they cannot do. Even the way we think is different. The way we process things is different. And that is really great because then you have the best of everything. So when you talk about competition, you have to also choose what you're competing about and who you're competing against. Because sometimes the one that can be your greatest ally, you've already put in your mind that you mo not maging a and that's such a shame. That's such a shame because of the many things that we could have been able to achieve if we don't have those preconceived notions or a mindset that we've had. And sometimes, hindi mo naman we can't blame some people for having that kind of mindset. Because when they were growing up, they had a bad experience about this, a good experience about that. And... um and, and we can't blame, we can't blame them. But I think when there are people who talk about being aware of it, who talk about, you know, you, you don't need to have your guard so high all the time. Yeah, I think it would help. I think it would help. The, the cooperation. Yeah, the cooperation is, is, is so, the success that you can achieve from cooperation rather than competition will change the world. So I yeah. think it, if we can stop being defensive, feeling like we're being treated as less, in many ways we are. But if we can set that aside and be the stronger ones, the better ones, like what we say we are, you know, then then maybe it's us. The key is us. The key to equality yeah. is us. The key to mutual respect is us not by shouting louder, not by trying to prove something that actually will have the opposite effect to what we're trying to achieve. Maybe it's us that are stronger mentally, psychologically. It's not maybe. I mean, I actually (laughs) feel that we are. So why are we not using that enough? Okay. It's interesting because most people don't take that,
0: that perspective on things. I mean most people think that I have to show my strength, which means I have to be in your face and I have to be loud and I have to, you know, this is, this is my space and you can't cross it, but to approach it from a different way, which is what, which is how you just (laughs) described, it could actually be the more effective way to not, not be as brash or in your
1: face. Um. That's why I, I, I say we just have to be ourselves, and we have to decide what that is. what is what what am I? I know, you know what I mean? What is it? What is the me that I'm comfortable being? Obviously, it will never be the one that just says yes to everything, the one that's going to sit in a corner. That's not obviously that's counter. That's also counter. But I think that if we can, can accept that we cannot be the best at everything. That's already the first step because it teaches us to appreciate others. It's not even just about about man versus woman. It's not even just about that all the time. And I think if we can can let's say let's say um, learn how to take advantage of certain things that normally someone that that has that loud in your face voice wouldn't accept. Like for example, okay. As Filipinos, a lot of women do experience discrimination in the workplace or wherever and everywhere. But at the same time, one thing that I'm so proud of and talagang pinagyayabang ko to is that all of us we teach our sons to be respectful of their mothers, their sisters, their grandmothers, their classmates, that are women, because we are just as important a part of society as men. Even if maybe we're more important, we won't anymore say that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just keep that to ourselves and know that it's a fact and just be humble about it. Even to the point, let's say that that um you know how how now there are some movies that we see that a man is trying to open a door for a woman and the woman says, I can open my own door. Someone's trying to help you carry something. I can carry my own load. Yung mga ganon, ba? Kasi ako hindi ako ganon eh. Ang style ko, ay, you want to open the door for me? Ay, salamat, Da-daan ako. I won't have to, you know, use extra energy to do this. Thank you. Someone wants to open my car door, carry my stuff for me. Aba, salamat. I don't see it as like they're trying to, to insult us and say that we're not capable of it. For me, the way I think, thank you. Salamat. I'll take advantage of it. Pagka nasa ibang setting tayo, sana, ganyan ka rin. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you something though, ha, that I've observed in my son's. Um, because I have, I have, well, have three sons and I really, I also try to take note because something that I realized in the past few months is because in my own life, I've had a positive experience as far as let's say gender equality is concerned that I actually had a lack of appreciation for the struggles that other women went through. So when they talk about it in our meetings and things like that, parang I really feel like I get very humbled because wow, parang iba yung ko sa experience nila. Naging iba yung experience ko sa experience nila. So maybe I'm not being sensitive enough. So I. I'm pointing this out to say I'm coming from a place not of being naive or or ignorant. Huh? I, I, I'm, I'm coming from a place where I've had a positive experience and I hope that in women knowing that there's someone like me who has had positive experiences and this is how I am because of that, that maybe, maybe you would want to take a different approach, you know? As a coach, I tell that to my students, why don't you try this way? If it doesn't work, then if you've given it a chance and it doesn't work, then we'll try something else. But unless you try something that has worked for someone else, you know, it's like I tell my students, I'm teaching you this because if it took me 20 years to get to where I am, when I tell you what ha- what has worked for me, baka para sa inyo 10 years na lang. Not twenty years, because everything is a work in progress. That's how that's 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 us as individuals, and that's the world. So we have to treat it in that way, because we don't just want things to change; we want to build a foundation for those positive changes to last. So, so in my son, sometimes when I see them. They treat me differently from, let's say, a friend that's a girl. I say, "Hoy, but ganyan kayo. And they say, mom, sabi nila they want to be treated equally. And this is how we treat all our friends. So we also treat them the, the same. That's what they want, eh. Parang ako, uh, ako kung ganyan, kung, kung if you treat me the way you treat them, kung ako sila, magbibuisit ako. So sabihin ko, bastos kayo. Like that, and they're like, Oh no, mommy, sorry. I mean, that's not our intention. It's just that, you know, they say to us, Treat us the same because we're equals. Pero it doesn't always have that effect that we're hoping for, fighting for, longing for. And I saw that and I was like, No, that's not what it means. So I have to explain. You have to treat them outwardly the way that daddy treats me. And inwardly, like psychologically and all that, that's when you treat them as your equals. Equal chance, the respect, the humility, and the appreciation like that. Right? Yeah. That
0: that is so ideal. I mean that that would be a perfect setting really.
1: But na lang they're open to me. But they show me those things. Cause if not, then I won't be able to correct them. And I have to do it in a loving way also. Right? It's a
0: tricky conversation to have, not just with not just with men, but also with women, because we think that in order to be treated equal, we have to approach it a certain way, or we have mm-hmm. to we have to be treated a certain way. When in fact, as you're saying, there's there are other ways to achieve it or there are other ways to approach it. Which could mm-hmm. just be better for all parties involved, really. <laughs> we would hope, right? Yeah. And I think I personally think this is my takeaway from what from what you're saying is that at, at the end of it all, I mean, at the root of it all, it's it's really just treating everyone with a sort of kindness and respect and dignity. Yes,
1: compassion. Yeah. Compassion yeah. and respect and kindness and the way that you would want to be treated. Yeah. Yes, which is what you've is been saying. The best way to yeah. treat someone else, and I and and yeah, when we're when we're also humble about our own shortcomings, I think people also let their guards down a little bit. And sana yung mundo, no? Yeah. Sana yung mundo. <laughs> yeah. And and, and yeah. you know what? It's not to discount anybody's hurts, anybody's disappointments, anybody's very very horrible past experiences it's not to to discount any of that i I still pray every day that i'm doing the right thing that that i won't um be proven wrong (laughs) that it won't hurt when i if or when i am you know things like that but you know every day is is um Every day is a day to be grateful for where you are, that you can still have the opportunity to make something of of your life and make a contribution in whatever way that you're given the chance to do it. So, yeah, Yeah. be kind. (laughs) Be yourself. It's so hard. It's so hard not to be yourself, I think, huh? Diba? Parang a-acting ka every time you yeah. go out there. Nakapagod. Nakakapagod. Nakakapagod. Yun ang nakakapagod. Yeah. More than <laughs> like the struggle <laughs> of an athlete. Yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. It's lovely really to hear about your, your take on strength and your take on equality. Being the person you are and, and coming from the background that, that you, you have as a as a national athlete and with the positions of power that you have it's it's very interesting it's uh it's not the usual direction that these conversations <laughs> take but I think it's very important to also hold hold that perspective in 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 high esteem because at, at, again as we as we mentioned it's at the end of it at the, the root of it all really is treating everyone with respect and dignity can we get your words to live by the words that you really fashion your life after that you live by yourself?
1: Well, I think, you know what? Uh, I think, I think instead of trying to think of words of wisdom right now, <laughs> I think that um, I would just say two things is um, number one, be yourself. And, and that's harder to, to, it's easier said than done because sometimes we don't know ourselves so that's a whole new challenge and a whole new conversation altogether but be yourself because there's no one else that we can be and there's no one else that can do that better and in being ourselves knowing that we can that there's no end to learning and that there's no end to improvement within and in the things that we do and then number two, while I would not force this upon anyone, I will say this outright and with all the conviction that I have is that without the Lord, I am nothing, nothing and no one and just nothing. So, so to make an effort to please the audience of one is all we need to do. That's it.
0: Thank you so much for joining us, Mikey, on What Glass Ceiling?